Hey there, lovebirds. Happy Wedding Wednesday, and welcome to Your I Do Crew, a wedding planning podcast. Each week, Atan and Lindsay bring over 30 years of industry experience to the table with insight and interviews from local and national wedding pros to give you the best tips, tricks, and hacks that will take the stress out of your wedding planning process and help elevate your special day. So grab something old and something new. It's time to listen to your, your I, I Do, do Crew. Hey crew, welcome back again. This past year has thrown so many curveballs at us, so I want to thank you for sticking around. Because, yes, we're still here. Yes, we're still interviewing experts from around the U.S. and around the world. And yes, we still have a lot of knowledge to bring you. The coronavirus pandemic really hit the wedding industry hard. And so we have been scrambling to respond to it in a meaningful way for our couples. And many areas still aren't done dealing with it. So we do still have a number of episodes coming out that directly relate to it and how you can help to mitigate the effects of it on your wedding plan. However, today isn't one of those episodes. Today is actually one of the most fun conversations that I've had in a while because it's something that I deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. See, I got to talk to another wedding officiant, and that's not something that happens every day. I'm talking with wedding officiant Amber Olson, who's a wedding officiant based in North Dakota, about her new book, Navigating Your Wedding Ceremony, where she talks about what an officiant does, how do you want your ceremony to feel, how to determine what type of ceremony you want, and what questions you should ask an officiant before hiring them. This is a great book for couples who are wedding planning or for someone who's recently been asked to officiate a wedding. This book is a great resource, and so if you want to purchase it, you can look for the links in the show notes to buy it from the AMM website or from Amber's website herself. Fair warning, as we are both officiants, you, there's probably going to be a fair amount of rabbit trailing. <laughs> Okay, sure. Since we both exist in the same space. Well, good. It's nice to chat with another officiant. It's not too often we get around, get to just sit down and talk shop too. So how long have you been doing this? I have been uh, doing weddings for about four years and I've done about 200 weddings in that time frame. And mm -hmm. I got my start when I actually went to my brother's wedding in South Dakota and he had hired an officiant and just sitting there listening in the audience and just kind of, you know, somewhat critiquing it in your mind and thinking, mm -hmm. you know, what goes into crafting or creating a ceremony script? I mean, how can yeah. you make this personalized? How can you make this about the couple and not something that somebody just prints off the internet and just reads it verbatim? Right. Uh, and so as soon as I got home, I started doing a bunch of research on what it takes to be an officiant and how to get ordained and just reading every wedding book I could possibly get my hands on. And then just over a little bit of time, a couple months, I felt like I was ready to take on my first client. So I started advertising thinking, this will be amazing if I could just do maybe one wedding a month. Um, mm -hmm. you know, this would be <laughs> so much fun. I love weddings. This will be a blast. And then one wedding turned into 65 weddings a year. And so, you know, like you know, as an officiant as well, doing that many weddings a year is a challenge. But so you can definitely say that business has grown and I've <laughs> gotten to meet so many amazing couples and I've heard so many amazing stories and uh, I'm enjoying it every day. It's been great. Isn't that the best part? Like getting 
I mean, it's, it is, I always tell couples it's the best job in the world because yes. not only, you know, if you're a, a person who enjoys talking in front of large groups of people, but you get to meet incredible people and learn these amazing details and then help them to celebrate one of the best days of their lives. Yes. And it is really interesting too, like we talked about a little bit earlier, just sitting down with them and talking to them about their relationship history, about how mm-hmm. they met and how they came together and just all of the little unique or quirky things that brought them together and being able to craft that into a wedding ceremony that celebrates their union. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's sort of that magic. What do they say? The, the magic dust that, exactly. that we officiants have is, is knowing how to weave that together. Absolutely. It is a storytelling position. That's for sure. It is. It is. And that's that's one of the coolest things that love of finding out the details of a story, pulling those threads out from couples and then, and yeah, weaving that into the tapestry of, of whatever they wanted it to be, whether they want it to be a, a goofball laugh a minute, you know, riot for a half hour, or if they mm-hmm. want it to be a very, again, a very sentimental, I, you know, I don't want to say a, a tear jerking 20 minutes because nobody sure. has the emotional stamina for that. <laughs> but, you know, again, there's it, every couple's different and finding those cool little I don't know, those cool little nooks and crannies in their relationship is just so much fun. And it is kind of neat picking out those little moments that are super memorable and bringing them up during the ceremony for those tearjerker moments, because, you know, those are some of the funnest parts of the ceremony. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, some of my my favorite times that I've had is when I look out at the crowd and Everyone's crying. Yes. You know, oh, I love that. <laughs> we're not sadists, but. Well, my husband says that I am because when I get home, he asks me if the audience cried. And if I say yes, then he knows that means that I'm saying it was a good wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's. You know, and I'm, I'm sure we could we could bore everyone that's listening by telling all of our greatest stories, but it's just it is it is it's so good to to have that and to have that connection with not only the couple because by the time of the ceremony you've had the connection with the couple you've you've forged that trust with them and that bond, but mm-hmm. then it's it's kind of a fun I don't want to say a game for us but a neat challenge at least I take it that way to connect with their guests. Absolutely. And in that really limited amount of time that we have um to to really find a way to to bring them out of their shells because so many people come into weddings just mm-hmm. okay, when's the reception? How long till cocktail hour? Yes. Yeah, people are like, how long is this wedding going to take? Do we have to stand up and sit down? And it's like, actually, no, this is, you know, a relatively short, very personalized ceremony. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I'm sure you encounter the same thing. After these types of weddings, guests come up to you afterward and they say things like, I have never been to a wedding like this before. Or I how how long have you known the couple? And so it's really mm-hmm. neat to get that feedback from guests. Isn't that great? That is one of the best pieces of feedback I ever get. Um, yes. my, my, the, my crowning jewel for my, my personal crown was after a ceremony, uh, this couple invited me to the reception, which doesn't always happen, but mm-hmm. um, it was out of town. So I, I felt that, I, sure, I'll go to the reception. Why not? Mm-hmm. And at the reception, the bride's mother came up to me and hugged me and said, <laughs> I would never believe that they've you've only known them for six months. This was incredible. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it warms my heart. It one, it lets me know that I did my job well. Mm-hmm. But two, 
it really just, I mean, I get such a feeling of, of love and warmth and gratitude for that. It's amazing. That's one of my absolute favorite parts of doing weddings as well, is just sitting back afterward and just seeing the smiles and, you know, the tears and everything that comes along with a good wedding. So that's what makes it memorable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that your your intro, and again, it's it's kind of funny that your introduction into this field was going to your, as you said, your brother's wedding, right? Yes. Yep. Going to your brother's wedding and sitting there, and looking at the person thinking, yeah, I could do that. <laughs> well, yeah, just thinking, you know, what goes into this? And just all of these questions, like, where do you mm-hmm. find an officiant? What exactly yeah. does an officiant do? And, you know, that's a question that I get asked a lot at bridal shows from couples mm-hmm. that are just beginning their wedding planning journey. And the first question out of their mouth is, what is an officiant? So I think that, you know, we as officiants need to kind of band together uh, to educate the public about what officiants do and the importance of having a good officiant. Because, you know, everybody everybody could read a script. Everybody could, Mm -hmm. you know, stand up and read a couple words. But there's a lot that goes into it. It's having the experience. It's having the confidence. It's having a storytelling background. And it's just being able to have that connection, like you mentioned earlier, with both the couple and the guests in order to pull off an amazing ceremony. Absolutely. And I, I love that you said that all those, the different things of what do they do and anybody can read a script. And we've all been to that wedding where mm-hmm. somebody's just reading a script. Exactly. Or it's the most monotonous person <laughs> yeah. in the world. And you're just, that's when you're just gritting your teeth and you know digging your nails into the seat and counting the minutes or the time that I loved when it was a friend of the couple and they didn't say, thank you, you may take your seats at the beginning. Oh, so, and everybody stands the whole time. Oh my God, 40 minutes. Oh no. Of, <laughs> it was so awkward. You know, that goes with that experience, you know, as officiants, we've seen mm-hmm. so many weddings. All of that stuff is just second nature now, which is a huge benefit to hiring the professional. Absolutely. It it totally is. And I think that that can't be underlined enough. And it's interesting because depending on your region, folks don't know the word efficient and they don't know what an efficient does, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I've been called everything from, you know, the justice of the peace to the minister to the pastor. And I had somebody once who I thought wanted me to give them last rites. They kept calling me father. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I have had people just don't know what to say. And um, so I just moved up to North Dakota. I moved from California. So in California, Mm -hmm. people pretty much knew, you know, what a minister officiant did. But Mm -hmm. I feel like there is a bit more of a learning curve up here in eastern North Dakota with what an officiant does and what their job is and how they really can help streamline your ceremony. And that's one of the reasons that uh, when quarantine started this year, I sat down and decided to publish a book. Um, Over the last couple of years, friends have been telling me, you know, you've learned so much about weddings over the last four years. You really should just write some of it down. So that's Mm -hmm. what I started doing. I just sat down and started thinking of, all of the questions that couples ask me during our initial meeting, um, mm-hmm. you know, not only in regards to officiating, but also, you know, what other questions should I ask my other vendors? 
or what should I look for when planning a wedding or how on earth do I get started writing my vows? And so that's how this book, Navigating Your Wedding Ceremony by Officiant Amber, got started. That is fantastic. And I love that you that Officiant Amber is your your title, your your nom de plume. It's <laughs> great because it it puts your title right in there. So it kind of takes some of the confusion out of like, well, what are you? Are you a priest or what? Exactly. And, and it is, like you said, in the different areas, it is more or less common. Um, but that is phenomenal that you sat down and decided to put all this out there because we do, we get so many questions. And th- thankfully, sometimes we're one of the earlier um, mm-hmm. wedding pros that get booked. Sometimes it's, you know, a month before the ceremony, but, you know, ideally it's a bit longer than that. Yes, we do need some time to work on that ceremony. But yeah, you're right. Luckily, we are one of the first, which is great. And that's also another question I get from couples a lot, too, is when do I book my wedding vendors? And, Mm. you know, I always tell them, especially for the vendors where there's only one of us, those are the people that you really want to think about and figure out you know, which vendors are most important to you. And for those vendors where there's only one, like a photography team or an officiant, Mm -hmm. then you should probably book them right away. Because if you fell in love with them, chances are other couples have fallen in love with them as well. And they will book up rather quickly for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that some of the, the, the mission critical vendors are really important to lock up right away your venue because you need some place to get married and the date um, and the and the date yeah if, especially if the date's important if you're date flexible then you can be a little flexible but sure. with an efficient you 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 have to have one if, if there is no efficient there is no marriage there's there, no yeah it's just a big party otherwise yeah which you know parties are fine but still yeah well and i think it's crucial too to talk about you know what an efficient does but what an officiant doesn't do, and this can vary from officiant to officiant. For example, my team and I don't do marriage counseling, but I know that some officiants do. Is mm-hmm. that something that you do with your couples? No, it's not. Uh, I know that in Minnesota, couples do get a slight discount on their marriage license if they go through couple counseling, uh, mm-hmm. but that is not something that's required in North Dakota. And so, no, mm-hmm. I have not gone that route yet. Yeah, we have had a few couples request it. And so um, something that my team has done is actually paired with a couple of licensed relationship therapists and counselors in this area that we refer out to if a couple wants something like that. Very nice. Um, Good idea. And and a lot of folks just sort of assume it because it comes from that sort of church background. And so a lot of what we do, I think, is educating couples that they can have what they want in their ceremony. It doesn't have to be a church service unless they want it to be. And couples don't need to get married inside the church anymore either. And lately, mm-hmm. we've seen a huge influx of couples booking outdoor or rustic venues or venues yes. that have significant meaning to them as a couple. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And talking about that, finding that perfect venue, that perfect spot you like. Absolutely. absolutely. So many great outdoors areas. Um, yes, we have rustic has been really, really popular out here as well. I here in you know, semi-rural Ohio, we have a lot of barns mm-hmm. and barns are big. Barns are, barns big, are big here in North Dakota, Minnesota too, definitely. <laughs> now, now, I don't know if you talk to many of the officiants from the coasts at Wedding MBA, but um, a lot of the coastal officiants are kind of over the barns because the, yes. the rustic, the, yeah, the mason jars, mason jar is a dirty word on the coast right now. 
Personally, I think it's adorable. I love the rustic wedding look. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think it's super cute too. It's it's really funny to see how things trends work their way sort of from the outside in to the middle. Definitely. Yes. Weddings definitely looked a lot different in California than they do in North Dakota. I can only imagine. I mean, certainly the attire would be different because you've got sun and sand versus exactly. I mean, I've only I only know, you know, North Dakota and Minnesota from things like Fargo, so Yep. Well, we're pretty close to Fargo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it kind of looks a lot like the movie. Yeah, the always ice and snow and everyone saying, don't you know? Absolutely. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do you, so do you ever find yourself needing a translator to translate from Californian to Dakotan? No, I'm actually South Dakotan. So um, I grew up in South Dakota and my husband was military. So we moved around all over the place. And we actually met in Grand Forks, North Dakota, 14 years ago. And so we decided to move back and this is where we're planting roots. Cool. That's it's neat. Yeah. Well, and that gives you such a great base to draw on from being in different areas, seeing different traditions and finding out what different couples do. It is a lot of fun. And just taking, you know, even just doing weddings, um, you know, from different cultures and in different locations and spots and just kind of seeing how every wedding and how every family um, based on their culture and history can really shape a ceremony. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you find yourself doing a lot of um, interculture, interfaith weddings in that area? Not so much up here in North Dakota. I did a Mm -hmm. lot of Hispanic weddings in California. In fact, I would say a lot of the Hispanic weddings I did, many of their guests didn't speak English. So I would Mm -hmm. be working with a translator that would get my ceremony script ahead of time. They would read through it. And so we would just kind of banter back and forth throughout the ceremony. I would read a section, they would read a section, and we would just perform the ceremony that way. That is super cool. I am so jealous of that. That sounds so fun. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. And just doing all kinds of different unity rituals, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that are different from the Midwest was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Well, and again, with the Hispanic weddings, I I would imagine that you saw like, you know, the lasso and las risas and the different. uh, Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. We actually here in in this area have um, uh, a large migrant worker population. Mm -hmm. And so I have done a few Spanish language weddings. I'm not fluent myself, Mm -hmm. but I was, classically trained in opera so i can speak it very well i can (laughs) if i see the language i can say it and i kind of know what i'm saying so i can emote it (laughs) that's amazing i just wish i would have paid better attention in high school spanish class (laughs) (laughs) but we keep looking for a truly bilingual officiant because we get so many requests for bilingual weddings yes Um, i bet yeah and it's uh it's it's really incredible to uh, to take the different cultures and to kind of fuse them together in that way. And that comes down to one of the things that you talk about in your book about how you want your ceremony to feel because ceremony can have such drastically different feels based on the couple. 
Absolutely. And like you mentioned earlier, some couples want it to be very religious. Other couples don't want any mention of God, period. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then other couples may want it to be very lighthearted and casual with giggles and personal stories throughout the ceremony, where other couples may want something a little bit more streamlined and traditional. So it's mm-hmm. really just asking those questions and getting a feel for the couple um, to find out, you know, how you want to craft their ceremony script. Absolutely. So when we, and when you said giggles, I immediately think of some of my favorite weddings are the ones where you can just be silly, ridiculous, you know, throw in one-liners and things like that. What is the, the most silly, ridiculous request you've had a couple have you do? Well, I would say probably dress up in Game of Thrones attire and do a completely Game of Thrones themed wedding. It was a blast. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan anyways. But when we got the request, we were just about to move to North Dakota. So originally I said, you know, I'm really sorry, but we're moving in a couple of weeks. I don't think I can take it on. And they they said, please, okay, we have been following you, you know, on social media. We really, really want you to do our wedding. So I agreed to it and it was a blast. I mean, they made um, capes and cloaks for all 20 members of their bridal party. Their ceremony script was completely written with language like these and thous. Mm -hmm. And we actually took verbiage from the Red Wedding and various other sections in Game of Thrones and incorporated that into their ceremony script. And instead of saying their first names, they were referred to as, um, you know, like Bianca of House Moreno kind of things. It was so much fun. And I love the cosplay weddings. Oh, heck yeah. That now that has to be something that you saw more of in California, I'm assuming the North Dakota. Yes. Unfortunately, I haven't had any requests for those yet. But you know, Mm. it's coming out here. Have you done any cosplay weddings? I haven't. And the crazy thing is that I have done a full on Star Wars themed wedding where the couple came in to the Imperial March and their first dance was a lightsaber duel. And like, (laughs) it was a Star Wars themed wedding. Right. Um, And I've done, um, I did one that had a light Game of Thrones theme and I did Harry Potter and I've done Legend of Zelda, but all of them, and it, it must be a Midwestern thing. It must be that like, you know, must not be too creative thing because they've all just wanted to go regular formal. Yes. And I've done a Harry Potter wedding too. That was a lot of fun. We did uh, a wand blessing instead of a traditional ring exchange. But I think you're right. I think people up here in the Midwest, they want it to be a little bit more traditional. I think their families expect them to be a little bit more traditional. But Mm -hmm. as I tell couples, you know, you can have Um, A ceremony that feels traditional for the most part, but then also include in some fun, quirky things if you want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you can mix and match. I tell my couples, I say, you know, you only have to use the traditions that you like because traditions are just peer pressure from dead people. (laughs) Exactly. I bet you you make a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, parents aren't crazy about that, but the couples love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. The, the Legend of Zelda couple was, was so much fun. Uh, for their Unity feature, they both pulled out 
steel long swords and smashed open clay pots. Oh, that's um, amazing. It was it was it was excellent. <laughs> the things that we live for, those little special moments that we can we can brag about and talk about with other officiants after the fact about the cool wedding we just did. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and just the sweetest couples and you know, one of the things too that we like to do is interview our couples beforehand. And when a couple wants to work with us, for us, it's a mutual agreement because if if there's not a personality match both ways, it's not going to be a good fit. If, Absolutely. If, if we don't you know, feel the magic too, then we're not going to be able to bring our full expertise and experience and, and passion to bear to create this amazing ceremony for you if we feel... Yeah, exactly. You definitely have to have that connection because... Also, as an officiant, it is a unique position in the fact that you are up there with the couple, you know, it's the three of you up there in front of several hundred eyeballs, and it's a very intimate space. It's something Mm -hmm. where, you know, this is an extremely emotional moment for the two of them, and it's something that they may or may not be extremely nervous about. So you want to make them feel comfortable. You want to make sure that you are a good fit for them so that it's not awkward or, um, you know, uncomfortable for the couple during their wedding day. They're nervous enough already. We want to make them feel at ease. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there was, um, a ceremony, there was a podcast called The Wedding Ceremony. I think it's called The Wedding Ceremony Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the hosts of that podcast described the whole wedding day as emotionally stormy seas. And the ceremony is the pitch of the storm because everyone knows that the reception is the most fun part. Sure. Right. But the ceremony is when you're making the big commitment to each other in front of your friends and family. And so you want somebody to captain that ship through those stormy seas who Mm -hmm. you feel confident in and you're not going to worry about, you know, capsizing. I like that analogy. And it's someone that you want to be able to trust too. You don't, I mean, you know, some couples want surprises during their ceremony, but I find that the majority of couples do not. And, (laughs) um, you know, a fake ring drop or something isn't something Mm. that I would do. But uh, I think just, you know, uh, getting that trust from the couple just because, like you said, they want somebody that they can trust and, um, to guide you through that stormy sea, as you put it. Absolutely. Now, here's a question for you. Um, and this is, and again, this might be inside baseball for all the listeners, but do you do you require or allow your couples to proofread your script before the ceremony? Absolutely. I don't believe in surprises. So okay. um, essentially what happens is the couple and I lately, especially meet over Zoom or FaceTime, and we go through a very detailed couples questionnaire. So I ask mm-hmm. them tons of questions about when they met, um, you know, what is it that they first noticed about their significant other, um, qualities that they love about each other, and just a series of questions. And then I take those answers and craft a ceremony script, which Mm -hmm. I then email to them for their approval. So we'll go back and forth, um, usually uh, sometimes not at all because they just love it right off the bat. But other times we'll go back a couple of times and tweak a few things here and there until they're satisfied with it. And then I really like to finalize it at least a few weeks before the wedding. Like you said, you know, there's mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that happens right around the wedding day and tension is high. And I just want to make sure that that's one aspect of their wedding that they're comfortable with and that they, you know, have it in writing. It's set in stone. Um, mm-hmm. 
and they know what's going to happen during the ceremony. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, and I just love asking officiants this question because I get different answers from different people. Sure. And um, our policy for, for our group is that we don't automatically send it to them and we will furnish the script to them if they request it. But I will say that I have had in my personal tenure, um, three couples request the script and each time they said, oh, I wish we wouldn't have read through that because oh, I had included some, some very, again, some very poignant, tender moments that were not, again, surprises, but not in a raindrop kind of way, Sure. Um, but little pleasant things and call outs and, and things like that. And so it's interesting how it can kind of go both ways. And so the couples that will request it and they'll say, you know, do we, do we get to proofread the script from beforehand. And I say, if you want to, you can request that. And I'm more than willing to do that for you. However, I found that most couples, I don't want to make you do more work for the wedding. Mm -hmm. You can trust in my expertise and that I've done this and that if we get to know each other well enough, I hope that you trust me to, to craft it to your liking. And so what I found is that through the relationships, I've never had a couple come back and say, I hated it. It was terrible. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's that's really neat that you can throw in that element of surprise, especially during such an emotional moment, because then, Mm -hmm. you know, they're hearing this put into words for the first time. And I'm sure that's a very emotional moment for the two of them. It is. And and I think that's part of it is that it does sort of up the emotional ante quite a bit. And for me, most of my couples and it's part of my personality and the way that I match with couples is I'm a very lighthearted kind of guy. And so most of the couples who book me want some levity, some light levity. And again, we're not doing stand-up comedy, but they want to have some lightheartedness in their wedding. Um, For example, one couple that I married wanted to be pronounced ball and chain at the end of the ceremony. (laughs) I love it. They also had, for the reading for that wedding, they also had me do the entire spiel from The Princess Bride. Marriage. (laughs) I love that. I've done that once at a wedding too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it the best job ever? Absolutely. I would agree with that. We chose well. Way to go. Yeah. <laughs> High fives for us. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So, so you've been, you've been writing this book, you've been crafting it with your, so, you know, your, your FAQs for couples and for all of this type of stuff. And it's all to sort of help them. And you're publishing it with the AMM. Yes. So. If people don't know what AMM means, it means the American Marriage Ministries, and they are a large ordination company that will ordain people to perform ceremonies. And so after this book was written, I just sent them a copy and said, hey, take a look at this, you know, kind of let me know what you think. And they came right back and said, we absolutely love it. We'd love to partner up with you on getting this book published and promoted. And so we've put a lot of work into it. And um, just this last week, everything was finalized. It um, came back from the printers and it looks fabulous. It is such an easy read. Um, It's just chock full of information for wedding planning couples or new officiants. And um, it's just an excellent guide for planning your ceremony from everything with you know, where to begin with the ceremony planning process through how to decide how you want your ceremony to feel. And then kind of concludes with a, um, 
like a checklist that you can take with you to bridal shows when you're talking to other vendors just to find out what kinds of questions you should be asking vendors to find out if they are a good fit for your wedding. Mm -hmm. And that's key, not just for officiants, but every vendor to make sure that you're all on the same page, all on the same wavelength. Absolutely. And you want to make sure that your personalities mesh because they're going mm-hmm. to be spending a lot of time with you on your wedding day and you with them. And you just want to make sure that you would all work well together. Absolutely. And and to, to backstep a little bit back to the AMM, longtime listeners of the podcast will remember, and I can't believe it's already been a year. Last year um, in December, well, I guess it's more than a year now because it was December of 19, uh, Lewis King the executive director of American Marriage Ministries came out to Ohio and we did a series of podcasts with him. Oh, about, sweet. Oh, it was so much fun. He's a blast. And uh, I mean, like a soul brother for me. We just had a ton of fun talking. Uh, we did tips for first time officiants and taking officiating to the next level. And it was just a, a ton of fun. That's amazing. AMM is a wonderful organization and it's really, really great to be able to partner up with them on this project. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, I saw I saw your book in the the uh, the AMM store because I was yes. going on getting some certificates for my couples, you know, like you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks. I'm glad you checked it out. And um, yeah, so couples can grab a copy on the AMM store. Um, and then it's also available in a few local bookstores um, as well and in some coffee shops locally. So it's it's getting out there. Awesome. And if you if folks want to go to the AMM store, it is theamm.org. So it kind of looks like theam, but it's theamm.org. Uh, and, and again, one of the AMM's things is that they believe that people should be able to get married by someone that they feel comfortable with. And if it's someone like you or me, then that's wonderful. But sometimes they want somebody who's already important to them to do it. And so the AMM has a ton of resources for people to get ordained and figure out the licensure in their own state because every state is different. Absolutely. And they also have a lot of great information and blogs about how to get started and mm-hmm. uh, some sample scripts and all kinds of goodies on there. There are so- all sorts of goodies. Now, now, I will say, they don't have everything to take the absolute beginner all the way up to the level that you and I operate at, but you know that's just because we've done hundreds of weddings. <laughs> yeah. Comes with some experience after a while. Yeah, there there is a lot to be said for experience, and that's the the challenge of you know what do you do when you're about to do the anniversary box and you go to the table and there's no bottle of wine. Absolutely. <laughs> Can you tell that was something that happened to me? I think so. It sounds like a sore point. <laughs> it, it was okay because we were in a spot where it was the same venue for the ceremony and reception, so they already had the wine bottles in the back. So I just okay. called up a server real quick. <laughs> See, and you knew what to do. You've been in that situation. You're great under pressure. (laughs) Hopefully. We'll have to ask the couples, but I think so. Well, good. Oh my gosh. Well, so in in your book, I know that you had talked about questions to ask other vendors before you hired them, but specifically, do you talk about questions to ask your officiant before choosing one? Absolutely. Yes. So it's all different kinds of questions um, regarding, let's see, are you able to legally perform weddings in my county? Because in some Mm -hmm. counties, you actually have to have um, 
certain certifications in order to perform marriages. So for example, I'm right on the border of North Dakota and Minnesota. And in Minnesota, they require that you register with the state before you can perform weddings. So that's mm-hmm. something that as a new officiant or as a friend or family member that may be doing a wedding in Minnesota, uh, they may not think to look into. So just that's one of the questions that you should ask. Are you legally able to perform marriages in my county? Uh, other questions like, have you worked at my venue before? Have you worked with my other vendors? Can you help me with my vows? Uh, like you mentioned earlier, do you offer premarital counseling? Can I read the ceremony beforehand? And just a bunch of other questions that you may or may not have thought of because for a lot of couples, this is their first wedding. Um, you know, some couples might be having second marriages or second ceremonies. But for a lot of couples who are having the really large weddings that involves a lot of different vendors and a lot of different moving parts, this is a first for them. And so they really don't know where to get started. So it's good just to kind of have that guide uh, that guides them along on how to get through this for the first time. It's a major, major affair. And uh, it's good just to kind of have a helping hand to help guide you through it. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And I, and I cannot stress that couples get those questions. I cannot stress that enough because I have so many times where I'll meet with a couple and like you said, it's their first time getting married and they don't know what they don't know. Exactly. They don't even know and, what to ask necessarily. Oh God, no. I had a call with a couple earlier today and I said, hey, you know, thanks so much. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you. Before I launch into my whole spiel about how we work with you and all that stuff, I'm blah, blah, blah. It's very boring what questions do you have for me? Mm-hmm. And they both just had the most blank stare yes. in the world. <laughs> you know, I wanted to reach out and hug them through the Zoom call. <laughs> I know. And, you know, that's why we're there. And that's why it is good to have a seasoned professional working with you on your wedding day because they have been through it and they are able to answer those questions or give recommendations and just kind of help guide you through that process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, and the professional, the experience. And Amber, I don't know if you get this, but um, specifically because Minnesota and Ohio are the same in which you must have an ordainment and a state licensure. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably have about a half a dozen to a dozen couples every year that contact us and say, oh my gosh, my you know cousin, brother, uncle, or whatever got ordained and did our wedding but he didn't get a state license, so it wasn't legal. Can you help us? Yes, that ha- that definitely happens. Uh, mm-hmm. In California, I was actually authorized by LA County to be able to issue marriage licenses as well. I was um, a select few in the county that was able to go pick up a stack of blank marriage licenses from the county and be able to bring them to the couple and actually complete their marriage license right there, fill it out as the officiant and marry them. So it was an incredible process. So I've really um, gotten to be rather intimate with the marriage license process. And although it does vary Mm. greatly by state and by county even, it was just a really great experience to be able to you know, understand from the very beginning of the marriage license and actually issuing it and what is required and what goes into it and all of the information needed to be able to issue those and then also be able to marry the couple, complete it, and then submit it back to the county for recording. Um, it Absolutely. is a very interesting process. I, I can only imagine. I So did you work with or were you familiar with Alan Katz? 
Absolutely. Yes. So he was closer to the LA area. I was in Lancaster, mm-hmm. Palmdale. So, um, but yes, we met each other several times. He has an amazing company out there and mm-hmm. uh, they're doing great work out there. They're super busy right now <laughs> since the county yeah. offices have been closed. Yeah. That was one of the interesting things when I uh, was in one of the sessions at Wedding MBA, he talked about how in California, select notaries can issue marriage licenses. And I thought, man, I would love that in Ohio because I'm already a notary. Yes. If only they would do that, um, you know, in all 50 states, that'd be amazing. It'd be super handy. It It really would. Just show up, (laughs) issue the license, get married. In California, I can't even count on two hands the number of marriages that I did in Starbucks. So I would show up with my briefcase and I'd pull out all the paperwork. They'd whip out their driver's licenses um, and I would issue them the marriage license over mochas and tea. And it was just it was a lot of fun and very casual and tons mm-hmm. and tons of couples chose to get married that way. Oh my gosh. Okay. Seriously, you and I are soul siblings because <laughs> there is a Big B Coffee in Bowling Green, Ohio, where I live, that is one block away from the county courthouse. Mm-hmm. And I I am I have a little certificate up on the wall there that says unofficial, you know, elopement venue of weddings for the ages. That's amazing. Because <laughs> couples go to the county courthouse, they walk over to Big B and I meet them there because I can't issue it, but they're right there. Yes. Oh, I love that. If only, if only we could all just get married at a coffee shop. That would be great. <laughs> it is. It's super handy. <laughs> That's why I always oh. plan my meetings at coffee shops. You know, you can never get too much coffee. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And as, as a parent, I can vouch for that. Absolutely. Oh <laughs> well, Amber, I am so grateful to to be able to connect with you and to have this conversation. Again, it's always wonderful to talk to somebody in my own industry because we can kind of deep dive into the nuts and bolts. But I mean, the the resources that you've created for your couples are absolutely incredible. And then to be offering them out to the world is is amazing. And I, so I want to, before we wrap up, I want to ask, is there anything that, that you wanted to cover that I missed? No, I don't think so. Um, thank you very, very much for the time. And it's like you said, wonderful talking to another officiant and just kind of bantering back and forth. Um, I would just like to ask if anyone's interested in the book we are referring to. It's called Navigating Your Wedding Ceremony by officiant, Olson, by officiant Amber Olson. And uh, like you mentioned earlier, you can get that on the AMM website. And um, yeah, take a, take a look and get to planning your wedding. Awesome. And we're going to have links to your webpage, your social media, and we'll put a link directly to the um, the store page for the AMM right in the podcast notes. Fabulous. So if if listeners want to do that, they can just click their phone and then go. Perfect. Thank <laughs> you so much. This has been a lot of fun. Cool. Now, before I let you go, the last thing we always ask our listeners, or our, I should say our guests, is what's something right now that is bringing you joy in the midst of everything <laughs> in the world right now? My library. I've probably read 20 books in the last two weeks. <laughs> I can't get wow. enough. So me and the kids just sit at home and read books. In fact, we're tapped out on our library limit right now. (laughs) Hey, that that is goals right there. It's great. It brings us a lot of joy in this hectic time. There you go. There you go. That's that's some some words to live by. Yeah. All right. Amber, thank you so much. Thank you. And that's this week's episode. Thank you again for listening. We are so glad that you choose to spend your time with us. Remember, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month by going to patreon.com slash your I do crew 
or leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast network. And make sure that you subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a single episode filled with great stories and wedding tips. So stay tuned for all that and more on next week's episode of Your I Do Crew. This is Atan, owner and chief officiant of Weddings for the Ages. You can find us on The Knot, Wedding Wire, Facebook, and Instagram as Weddings for the Ages. And this is Lindsay Roselle with Lucky Bird Photography. You can find me on Wedding Wire, The Knot, and you can also find me on social media using at Lucky Bird Photo. If you liked what you heard today, help us spread the love. Comment, like, rate, and review on iTunes and Google Play and share on your favorite social media platforms. We love feedback. So if you have any suggestions or if you want to ask us a question, email us at feedback at youridocrew.com. Thanks for listening, and here's to love, laughter, and happily ever after. Cheers. Music credits are as follows. Song title, I Want to Get Married, by artist D. Cylinders, from the Free Music Archive. Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international.